Welcome to the Five Guys Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the world of financial independence and personal finance. Whether you're just starting out on your journey or well on your way to financial freedom, we've got the insights and strategies you need to achieve your financial goals. In each episode, we'll provide actionable tips and real-life success stories to inspire and guide you on your path to financial independence. So grab your notepad and get ready to transform your financial future with the Five Guys Podcast. Let's get started. The Fly Guys is a podcast dedicated to providing general information and insights on a wide range of wealth-related topics. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guests and do not constitute personalized financial advice. The content provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for professional financial advice. Your financial situation and goals are unique, and the information provided here may not be applicable or suitable for your specific circumstances. We, the host, and the guests of the Fly Guys are not acting as your financial advisor. We are not aware of your individual financial situations, risk tolerance, or investment objectives. Any decisions or actions you take based on the information provided on this podcast are your own and made at your own risk. I may be a financial advisor, but I am not your financial advisor. And now that the lawyers are happy, let's get started. Welcome to the Five Guys Podcast, where we empower you to take control of your financial future. As we continue to bid farewell to 2023, it's time to gear up for a financially thriving 2024. In today's episode, we'll be exploring 10 essential financial New Year's resolutions that can pave your way for growth and prosperity in 2024. And be sure to stick around to the end, because we just might have a few bonus tips that is going to make this the best year ever for your money. So let's dive in. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great year. It will be a good year. Last year was decent. This year is even better. It's going to be better. It's going to be even better. It's starting out well. So I say we go up, move on to segment one and what we should do in order to make sure we have the best 2024. And the first part is reflect on 2023. I think it's crucial to start by reflecting on the past, uh, to take a look at your financial victories and your financial mistakes you made in the previous year. Because if we understand where we... Are where our finances could have been improved, we actually have the groundwork to make informed decisions for 2024 and what we want to make different. Absolutely. You know, if, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, <laughs> you can't exactly change it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be tough. You got to reflect. And I know Chris does this. Chris, is a, Chris advises this. But um, just because it's the new year doesn't mean you should just be looking over your habits and reflecting. It should be more of a monthly or even a weekly thing. I know you do it weekly. Every day. Like, yeah. like every day yeah. you should always try to look for ways to improve. I, yes. I say it a lot, but like you should not wait till the new year to start a habit. You shouldn't wait till Monday. You shouldn't start anything. Like you're alive right now. Get started yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. First of the year is just a day. It is it's just a day. Like, just a day. All fools have one thing in common. They're always getting ready to start. So don't wait for a special day. Just start uh, like it's true it's true <clears throat> we also talked about setting your financial goals yeah i think it's important too as you get into the new year like we looked up so that, that kind of sets the groundwork right we looked at our history we looked mm-hmm. at past year we saw what things went right what things we went wrong but now that we have what we liked about last year what we didn't like about last year it's time to now set clear goals for the new year um you know whether they're big or over overarching objectives or maybe just smaller objectives like let's pay off some debt um let's create more accountability for our life, more focus. Definitely. Whatever it is, you need to look back at your past to say what I liked, what I didn't like. That way you know you can set yourself up for the future. And I think reflecting a lot on the negatives, things you didn't like. Yeah. You, know, you can get rid of those things next year. Have I ever told you my analogy of alligators and kittens? No. No? Okay. Okay. So 
Um, you can re really apply this to any part of your life, but when I look back at my past, I like to think about all the alligators and the kittens. So the kittens are all of the positive things that I had that I happened to happen last year that I like look back and like that was really really good to have. Mm -hmm. All the bad things are the alligators. Mm -hmm. So I can continue to try to add as many kittens I, as I can to this room of of like joy. But if I don't get rid of the alligators, it doesn't matter how many kittens I add because the alligators are going to continue to eat the kittens. Yeah. So rather than focusing on how many more positive things I can add, I'm more looking for like how many negative things can I minus out of my life. That's great. <laughs> That's, That's my pretty solid. Kittens. That's actually pretty solid. <clears throat> Damn. Poor kittens. Those poor kittens. Those yeah. poor kittens. I told my wife that. I told my wife about that one time when I'm like, you know, think about allergies because she's a she's a she's, man. She's, she's a manager. She's, she's a veterinarian. Yeah. She's trying to manage her team. I'm like, yeah. alligators and kittens. And then she's like referring to like the bad employees as like alligators. I'm like, well, I, maybe don't like call them that. But like, yeah. hey Al. It's like, excuse me. Yeah. My name's Jerry. <clears throat> that's interesting. That's um, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's I think it's so important to get rid of the negative things in one's world. Especially, uh, yeah. Especially if you're trying to improve for next year. Yeah, mm. I think what's going to separate our listeners from everyone else is not that you just like talk about your goals or like say like these are my goals, but the one thing that's going to separate you from other people is first off you reflected on your past. No one already does that. Then you're going to basically blueprint your goals and you're going to write them down. These are my goals for this year. Cause when you write them down, actually put them on a list of things, mm -hmm. then your mind knows like, this is what I have to do. And you're starting to think of like, how do I achieve this? But if you make it a nebulous, like I'm going to get better. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, how are you going to get better? So be clearly defined. Yeah. Think of the smart goals, right? Like you want to be specific and attainable and measurable and all that stuff uh, and time bound so that you know that I need to get this done by this year. And it can be a big goal. It can be a small goal. It doesn't really matter. But write that goal down. That way when you achieve it, you can check that off and celebrate that mental win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Simple as that. <clears throat> and segment three. Segment three is you need to create a budget. It's easy and simple. <laughs> it really is. You know, now that our goals will be in place from section one and segment two, you know, I think it's time to start really road mapping how we're going to achieve those goals. And you know, creating a budget can help to understand where our income and our expenses are coming in and what areas can we save more or what areas can we spend more in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you gotta cut, like mm -hmm. we talked about. You gotta cut a little bit sometimes. You gotta add a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. But a budget is as simple as income and expense. Yep. And the, what was the, th what's the third one? I know it's savings, but you have a special. Oh, the thing. gap? No, yeah, the gap, the the, the fuel to five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's uh, what? Income minus expenses equals the gap or your driver to five. Driver to five, yep. yeah. <clears throat> Love that. But it, it's really important that we take a but we, we create a budget. And I, I know when people, they think about budget, they think about like, oh, it's constricting me. You're, you're mm -hmm. taking away my joy. But yeah. I, I look at budgets in a very different way. It's like, yeah. you know, this budget, it allows me to know what I can spend on without having to think about it. Because so many people, they'll, they'll spend money at maybe at Target or wherever. And then they go home and they're like, damn it, I screwed up again. Yeah. But if you have a budget, you can be like, I get this much money allotted to Target. Yeah. You can go, you can spend that money joyfully and then go home and be like, all right, cool, yeah. I'm good, like, I'm good. If you allotted to just blow, like, <laughs> however much you've budgeted at Target, you're gonna feel a lot better than mm -hmm. blowing a large sum of money at Target and being too afraid to check your bank account after. Yeah, and the nice thing about budgeting is, and the reflecting portion, is you can look back on the past and be like, you know, maybe I spent a lot of money 
going to McDonald's or whatever, mm-hmm. eating out. And mm-hmm. I don't really find much joy in that. I found more joy going to the movies with my spouse or going on trips with my spouse. Well, can we take money in our budget and take them away from eating out, from doing things that maybe we don't value, maybe going to Target, whatever it is, and then allocate it towards those trips with your family, towards being there with your friends, towards doing things. You know, for me, I noticed that, um, like, I don't care about clothes very much. So if I look back on my budget and I saw, like, I spent $2,000 in clothes in a year, I'd be like, I have zero value out of that. But I do find a lot of value on traveling with my wife, going and eating out with my wife and doing things like that. So could I take that maybe $1,800, spend $200 a year on clothes because I have enough clothes to last me forever. Yeah. Um, and then take that $1,800 and then move it to a new part of the budget, the travel, the fun, the going out to eat. Yeah. And that's where budgeting can be very empowering. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. I was like, I was thinking about this shirt today. <clears throat> this shirt's nine years old. Really? Yeah. I got this at my first concert. Fits in the tantrums. Yeah. Yeah. This is Costco. This is, a, this is the Kirkland special. It looks, it looks nice. No, it feels, it feels great. A little yeah. stretchy? Yeah. Oh. I need it. I need, need that stretchy. stretchy stuff. Yeah. Good but, for mobility. Yeah, good for mobility. And I like to move. But yeah. I think it's, you know, I, I don't really care about clothes. I don't care about any of those things. But like, yeah. it's, it's just important to make sure that you set your budget to reflect what you like. And no one can tell you, like, oh, you need to have this much allocated to this part of the budget. There are general rules. Like, maybe your fixed cost shouldn't be more than, like, 60% of your budget. But other than that, like, I'm not here to tell you what to do mm-hmm. or how to do those things. That's up to you to figure out. And you can always reach out to Chris at Mons on Wealth or reach out to the Five Guys. We're always here to help you to walk through that path more individually. But this is a path that you're going to walk yourself and you're going to find out what's going to be the right budget for you. Because budgeting is a really, really big it's a, it's, a, it's a big area, and it's a thing that yeah. some a lot of people struggle with, especially now that mint is going to be going away here in the next few weeks. Oh, no. I know. Ugh. Damn. If you don't know our favorite ice cream, mint, <laughs> um, chocolate chip. No, there's this uh, website application we, I personally, love to use, mint, and it tracks everything, and apparently it's going away. Yep, so. they're going to be rolling it into Credit Karma, which isn't going to have as much. Credit Karma blows. So yeah. I'd recommend, I mean, personal recommendations. I, I create my own spreadsheet for budgeting and doing all that stuff. And it's more, not really budgeting, it's more tracking. Yeah. But like with the tracking, I like say, like, this is how much I want to go to this to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I created my own spreadsheet that's on, Google, that's on a Google Drive. But if you don't have that, the Wine app, you need a budget app is probably one of the best ones it is a pay for play mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate you have to pay money to save money but i mean it, it truly does help or you can just create an app or you can create your own spreadsheet but that does yeah. take time it takes commitment it takes follow-through if you have to do it because my my tracker does not do things automatically i have to physically go in there every time that i make a purchase and my wife makes a purchase and put it in there but for us it's that double hit of like first we spend money and now we have to actually go back and do that so it makes us think a little bit mm-hmm. are we going to do we want to spend this money knowing that i have to go forward and like put it into a, a tracker that must be extra painful for you it is which kind of leads to segment number four changing our spending habits sometimes we spend too much at target and amazon <laughs> it happens yeah but i mean it's so important to just know that like your spending habits play such a crucial role in achieving your financial goals so let's discuss some strategies and identify ways to change your habit for that's actually draining you financially unnecessarily. And we already talked about one of them, and one is reflecting and saying, you know, what things have I done? What things did I purchased that did not add any value, that I just did on an impulse, maybe because I was sad, yeah. you know, and now I have this money and it's like, shoot, or I, I, have, I, have, I, have, this, this I have this item, and it's like, yeah. now I have to make a, a Goodwill run and get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, um, what you've been doing 
all all this week basically is since the first of the year. First of the year, get rid of one thing. Mm-hmm. Second of the year, get rid of two things. Third of the year, get rid of three things. And it's just like all the stuff that you've accumulated throughout the year, and you don't even buy them. You're, you're not even like a big purchaser. No. Um, but you are. You like to live a more minimalist lifestyle, and I can respect that. Um, we come back like there's no desk, there's no like green screen, no nothing. Get rid of the chairs. Get rid of the chairs. On the floor. Yeah, we day twenty nine. Chris got rid of the chairs. Damn it, Chris. But I think it's really important to like reflect on that because as I'm going through and like chairs bring me joy. Yeah, I like chairs too. Big, big joy. But as I'm going through and like getting rid of these things, I'm thinking back to like my past self when I purchased this item. I was like, yes, this is finally going to get me happiness. Like once I have this item in my house. I have achieved happiness. And the moment you get it, you bring it home, you're like, damn it, it didn't bring the happiness. Maybe I need to buy more. And people get stuck on this habit forever and ever and ever. It's the idea of the hedonic treadmill, right? Yeah. Of you think that this next thing's gonna bring you joy, and unfortunately, it doesn't. The only way to really truly find joy is to find inner peace and be joyful with what you have. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's very true, it's very true. Are there any other ways you can think of like changing spending habits? Gosh, uh, paying with cash definitely Ooh, helps. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find paying with cash is is I like it. I, I something about the feeling of money. Mm-hmm. It's like I went to go uh, mail something yesterday, and uh, I didn't have any money in my wallet. So I was like, oh, let me get some money on my my stuff, and <coughs> excuse me, and I and I brought some out, and I was like. I don't know how you know shipping. I was like, it, it could it could be five dollars, it could be forty dollars. I was like, I don't know how much it's gonna be, and I was like, I'll oh, grab X amount. And then when he said the price, he's like, Oh, nine sixty five. I'm like, Oh, yeah, no problem, easy peasy. And I had like, the one thing I don't like about paying with cash though is coins. I have my my wallet is full of coins. Freaking hate coins. Coins are yeah. I have a little coin pouch that I keep inside my my car, but I yeah. don't like to carry it around because well, I don't like to pull a purse out and do zip. <laughs> Look at this guy with a coin pouch. <laughs> Here's my pennies. Gosh. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I could I could hear the jokes already. I won't say them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a better idea than having to stretch your wallet out and just have a th- you you don't have a thick wallet either. I don't carry a wallet. Well, even more. Anyway, my you've seen my you seen my phone, right? Like this is my wallet. I carry my ID card. Oh, that's right. ID card and behind your phone and one credit card, and then I have. I guess I do have a wallet. It's just basically a credit card wallet. It has all of my credit cards. Mr. Hacken. Mr. Mr. Credit Card Hacken. But yeah, I mean, we never really talked about it, but when my wife and I, when we were doing, when we put ourselves into too much debt by buying all these trips and all, all the money hit at one time, I told you I was going to do just a spending cash month. Yeah. And we actually, um, that month that we did that, we spent, I think, $1,500 less than we normally did when we were spending cash. That's a lot. Because it was just sucky to have to like, bring cash. My wife like, doesn't like to touch cash. She's very like, oh, it's dirty. I don't care. Yeah, I love your wife. You're like, your wife is exactly who I would. That's like such your wife's statement. Yeah. I love it. I love it. She's like, I don't want to touch cash. But we actually spent substantially yeah. less when we were actually having to physically deliver cash because yeah. also there was like the burden of like, I'm going to have to go up to this place. I won't be able just to tap my card onto something. I'm going to have to physically get money out of my pocket, yeah. hand it to them. They're going to hand me back all these freaking coins yeah. that I'm going to have to figure something out with. It's true. So, yeah, I think that's a really good way to spend, to change your habits is, you know, spending in cash. If you don't like the coins, just. Donate the coins in the little coin jar. Be a good person too. Yeah, it's just it's just a few change, you know. And then um, segment. Are we ready to move? No, on no, to you're good five? for it. Yeah, I'm so ready to go to five. Move on to segment five, and this is a biggie. Automate your 
finances. This is gonna be huge for setting you, setting you up for success in 2024. Now that we're in the digital age, technology can really be an ally on helping you build wealth. So let's explore some ways to automate your investments, your banking, um, to really effortlessly contribute to your savings and your retirement. Absolutely. I know for me, every week I have money withdrawn from my checking account that goes right into investments. Yep. yep. That's, that's such a good way to do it. Um, did you actually know, like, if you are a W-2 employee, you could actually go to your HR department mm-hmm. and ask them to send money from your paycheck to different bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So you can say, like, I want 50% or 60% to go to this bank account, 40% to go to this bank account. And then maybe that 60% could be, this is my, my money that I'm going to spend on my rents, my yeah. housing, all the other things. The other 40%, that's going to be for my taxes yeah. and for my savings and my emergency fund, my retirement. I like that. However you want to do it. I think that's my favorite form of automation. Mm-hmm. You know, divvying it up before you can get to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> sometimes we're our worst enemies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting rid of the uh, grubby little hands that I sometimes stick in the cookie jar, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a good thing. I know for me, like, I love the idea of having multiple accounts and then just having different money in each account. Like, oh, this is like for taxes. This is for, you know, emergency fund. This is for checking. This is for, you know, future Lego sets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 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 it's, um, it's, I was just looking it up. It's called Parkinson's law. So Parkinson's law says that whatever amount of money you have or whatever, whatever time you give to, to do something is the amount of time it will take. So if you say like, oh, well, once I get my paycheck, I'm going to spend this money and then whatever I have left over is what's going to go to savings due to Parkinson's law, whatever money you get is the money you will end up spending, if not more. Yeah. So by again, being your best friend and setting up a little bit of time at, at the beginning, and creating these automation tools, it really gets our dumb, dumb brains out of it. Because there's times we're gonna be like, oh, the market's down, I don't really want to invest right now because I know that it's gonna come back up. But yeah. you don't really know. But yeah. if you get your, your dumb brain out of it and just have it automated, the system's already gonna put the money in, you're already gonna to contribute to the 401k. That's why millennials are actually way ahead of um, like boomers boomers in most generations in terms of how much money we have for retirement mm-hmm. because for the first time ever, 401k contributions was automated. Yeah. Like you had to enroll out rather than enroll in. Yeah. So people were automatically already getting money saved, even though it was it automatically like enrolls at like whatever the match is, which is like two or three yeah. percent. Not a lot, but we're getting that ball rolling and you're already getting used to it. And then people realize like, oh, I didn't even miss that three percent money that was going to my retirement. Can I bump it up to four, five, six, seven? And then that's where that snowball starts to roll, but it's rolling uphill. We're getting the positive yeah. momentum of our money growing by just automating things, getting out of the way of it, and just letting it do its thing, letting the market do its thing. We've talked about this at length on multiple yep. podcasts before. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just get out of the way, mm-hmm. get out of the way. I think we're living in such a beautiful time where technology can be used by the common man or mm-hmm. woman for your benefit. Yeah. You know, I, I use, we. I mean, for you and I, I mean, we use technology obviously every day, but we use emerging technologies every day, like ChatGPT, we use that I use it every day. I'm on Bard and and ChatGPT constantly. Every day, every day, you know, making thumbnails or asking questions or recipes or, you know, giving advice, and it's it's just it's just foolish not to use the tools that you've been given. Yeah, I mean, just think about like this way. Um, Historically, if you wanted to buy a stock, if you wanted to invest, Mm -hmm. you had to make a phone call to a broker, tell them, I want to purchase this, and then the broker would either say that's a good idea or a bad idea. They would try to sell you into some other thing instead. And then you had to pay them like uh, 
10% to 15% commission for them to even purchase that for you. Mm -hmm. And then eventually in the mail, you would get something back saying like you own this. Yeah. And if you wanted to sell it, you had to go through that whole process again. And that's why no one ever owned companies, never owned stocks. Yeah. But nowadays it's as easy as like downloading a Robinhood app. Yes. I, I recommend. I do not recommend Robinhood. <laughs> it's like, a bad example. Just as a bad example, but like it's as easy as like going to Schwab, going to Vanguard, going to Fidelity. All you have to do is put in your email, make a password, put in a social security number, basically identify yourself, and then within a day, like you have an account that you can just ACAT's money over. So put money from your bank account to your investment account and purchase whatever the hell you want. Yep. If you want to purchase Bitcoin, buy a Grayscale Bitcoin choice. You want to purchase Amazon, Apple. Nvidia, Tesla, whatever, you yep. can have that ability without having to make a phone call, without having to do anything, and not even really have to pay a commission for most of these companies. You can just do it for free. Yeah. Or buy an index. That's what we recommend. Yeah. But yep. you do you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so easy now. It's yeah. so easy now. I've t I bought stocks while I was in the shower. I've yeah, I I have many times on the toilet just been like, Yeah, this is the time. This seems this seems good. <laughs> this seems good. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't do that anymore, but I used no, to. No, I don't do it anymore either. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, one of the little dirty secrets I know I talk a lot about like index investing and stuff. Like yeah. the way that I made a lot of my money was not by doing that though. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot about like value investing and quant investing and like doing mm -hmm. technical investing. But I've seen the errors of my ways, so now I'm here to bring back and be like, don't do what I did. Yeah. It worked for me, but it's so much time and commitment that I had to put into those things. Which yeah. I found like there's an easier way and yeah. you get to focus more on your life and like rather than making a quick buck. Yeah, finance is fun, but it's like life is better. Oh man, I love life my life, better. it's so fun. Yeah, life is better. Yeah, we're trying to get you in and out of here as quickly as possible with the most information as possible. And you know, let's get back to life and living. Yeah, why sit there and like be in front of your computer screens all day looking at charts and everything where you can go to jujitsu yeah. and have fun, go on your cold plunge, work out, play with your dogs. Like, yeah. I would much rather focus yeah. on those things yeah. than focus on sitting in front of my computer while my wife's like, hey, can we go do something? And I'm like, no, 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 these candlesticks are doing something. Like, I gotta <laughs> yeah. watch this. These yeah. fibiachis, like, the RSI is yeah. about to go. I gotta take it. Yeah, yeah. I know it. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go <laughs> Diamond Hands is ready. Diamond Hands is ready. I can feel it. GameStop's heating up again. It's like, no, just wanna go to Target. Yeah. Segment six, or Number six of the checklist is pay fast, buy slow. This really happens to do a lot with our finance or our spending habits, mm -hmm. but adopting some simple rules can really make a significant impact. And if we delve into the pay fast, buy slow philosophy, it can really help to avoid on late fees, curb your impulse purchases. So we've talked about a few of these before. My big one for like Amazon is my Amazon three-day rule. If mm. you really want something on Amazon, that's totally cool. Put it in your shopping cart. If you want it three days later, go ahead and buy it. Yeah. It's just like if you have an impulse to like go and eat a bag of chips. And you do this and I do this too. Mm -hmm. I tell myself, if I drink- You eat the chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh damn, Chris calling me out. Yeah, inst instead uh, of going like eating the cookies, eating the chips, eating that thing, I'll say, instead of saying like, no, I can't have that. Yeah. What I do say is I'm gonna drink a glass of water, eight ounces of water, and I'll wait 10 minutes. Yeah. And after 10 minutes, if I still want it, then it's totally cool to have. Bingo. I do that with working out too. Like if, if I don't feel like cold plunging that day, if I don't feel like working out, what I'll say is tomorrow I'll take a break. Yeah. And yeah. then that by that night, I'm so happy that past me did it. Yeah. yeah. And there's never been a time at this point I've ever been like, yeah, I deserve, like I'm really glad I didn't work out. Yeah. 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 Simple as that. Delayed yeah. gratification is huge. Yeah. Huge. You just need to have that that break between stimulus and response. Like mm -hmm. between stimulus and response, there is a gap, yeah. a la Victor Frankl. And I, what I've learned is, uh, I was watching a video on this actually yesterday. It was like the back of our head 
is kind of like the caveman brain. Uh-huh. And the front of our head is like the critical thinking part. Uh-huh. And it was basically saying like when you're in a situation you're stressed, you use more of your caveman uh, instincts and all it takes is just taking some deep breaths to reactivate the critical thinking mm-hmm. and just become calm again to where it's like, oh, just think critically, don't be so reactionary, and just make a sound decision. Yeah. No, that, that's that's very true. Yeah, your hindbrain, which is the little, I mean, the, this part back mm-hmm. here, and then yeah, you yeah. have the occipital lobe that has your vision, yep. then your temporal lobe, your frontal lobe, and then your cerebral up here. Yeah. So you're exactly right. Um, one of the best ways that I know, like when you are feeling that, that stress response, you're like, I need to purchase something because I'm feeling sad. Um, Andrew Huberman talks about this. It's a double breath in, so. And then a slow breath out, and that's going to help to get that response up. It brings you from that fight or flight mentality Mm -hmm. to in. So it's. And then blow slowly out, and that's to help. It helps me a lot. I do that, or I do box breathing. I do the Wim Hof technique of breathing. I've taught you a few yeah, breathing yeah, you techniques. Me that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's one of the easier ones you can do. Like in a store, no one's gonna look at you like you're a psychopath for like. <laughs> you just, it's like seriously, is you candle dying? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I heard a joke recently. This is just off topic. I was. <laughs> do you think Wim Hof would have survived the Titanic? So I have a funny joke, and please don't cancel this. Yeah, don't get rid of this. Um, well, because I cold plunge every morning, and <laughs> yeah. my, my mother-in-law, she's here right now, and yeah. she's like, Chris, why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> it just looks terrible. I'm like, you know why? The people who sunk in the Titanic were the healthiest they had ever been yeah. for four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and then they were the most unhealthy. <laughs> they were very they were unhealthy. For the, yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it's really funny. I don't know. I've, I've seen stuff like Wim Hof where he'll, he, he submerged himself in like cold water. And David Blaine did this too, mm-hmm. where he submerged himself in cold water for like 20 hours, like mm-hmm. uh, where m- more people would have died through their breathing techniques and through the power of their mind. Yeah. I don't know. I do four minutes a day and I'm like, I'm going to die right now. Yeah. So I don't really know. You think you should push yourself? I mean, maybe I, like one day go like eight minutes or something crazy just to like see just where your really limits see. are. Yeah. Maybe I, my, my concern is I do it alone and like if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. no one's going to find me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come over and I'm like, where's Chris? I just open up the freezer. He's like, ah. <laughs> I usually go to my joints start to hurt when my yeah. fingers and my toes start to hurt too much because yeah. that's, that's the worst part your extremities, like yeah. your lower extremities. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, uh, one of the benefits for me in my life is that I don't ever drink. I've never drank anything in my life. But say I was on the Titanic, I could get smashed like that. Yeah. And then I would just, I'll survive. There you go, because that warm, the, the warm alcohol would just, just warm me up. So we just talked about pay fast, buy slow. <laughs> yeah, Numbers. Back, back to finance. Yeah, back to finance. Back to finance. For the checklist, we're going to go into paying off and consolidating debts. So if you have multiple debts that are weighing you down, maybe consolidating them might be a good solution. I don't really know. That's something to definitely look at. We've talked about that in previous ones. But another good way to paying off debts is looking at the debt snowball or the debt avalanche approach or the hybrid approach. Mm-hmm. Would I you like, like to talk on those? I like the hybrid personally. Well, explain to the The explain. hybrid is basically you can either attack the highest percentage of you know interest rate on your card or you can attack the lowest balance or the highest balance. Perf- personally, I like... If I was in a said situation, Mm -hmm. I'd like to take out the little ones first. At least maybe like first two if I have multiple. I'd like to take out the first two just to get the ball rolling. So you like to start with the snowball approach. Go for the smallest balances first. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go to the avalanche approach. The more mathematically optimized, we're going for the ones with the highest um, percentage interest rates on them. For me, I like the mental win first Mm -hmm. and then the strategic win next. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it just... 
It's just what I prefer. Yeah. And I could see why someone would rather have the higher interest one first or the biggest balance. But you know, you gotta do what works best for you. Yep, personal finance is personal, right? <laughs> that it is. But that, that that's, is. I like this, that like number seven also, number seven are, of our checklist also really works well with number two. Mm-hmm. And number two is like, what's our goal? Or what, what is our goal for this year? And if our goal is to pay off debt, number seven works with that. Yep. So when you say like, this is our debt, now we have to prioritize and execute. How are we going to pay off the debt? You know, should we consolidate into like a zero percent, a zero percent credit card like interest rate? Should we? And if you want to do that, that's fine. But you need to make sure you have a plan to pay it off. Because if you don't, you could really end up putting yourself into a bad situation when that credit turns on, and they could be retroactive. Yeah. And now you have all that interest rate. <clears throat> or you know, can you? If you have a bunch of student loans, can you consolidate those? Can is there like a lower interest personal loan you can take if you have some higher credit card balances? There's a bunch of different ways to do that. So you might want to consult with a financial advisor or a credit counselor. Just make sure you're working with a fiduciary if that's the case. But I really think that most people can do this on their own. You just really need to buckle down. Mm-hmm. Like it's very simple. It's make more money or spend less and then put the rest at the debt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a fiduciary in all aspects of their business as well. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Yep. Uh, segment eight. Segment eight, yeah. Segment eight, paying off credit card balances in full moving forward. That's something you do. Yep. Yep. So I think that's so important is once we finally pay off this debt, right, we get mm-hmm. this freaking monkey off our back, you know, <laughs> yeah. why put ourselves back into that situation? And so many people do once they like have that pressure off, they're like, all right, I'm good now. I figured it out. And they go right back into it. Um, so it's really important that we make it a resolution that once we pay off our credit cards, we're going to start paying our balances in full every billing cycle to not accumulate more debt, not accumulate more interest, not to feel like we're beholden to somebody else to be able to live our lives. Yeah, you got to get rid of that noose around your neck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 a scary place being in debt. And some of our listeners know just what that feels like. I know what that's I know what it feels like. It sucks. Like I've been there before. mm -hmm. It's it just feels like there's always somebody there and everything that you have and work so hard for can be taken away at any moment. So once you finally get out of debt, it's so important just to make sure you don't. So I pay off my credit cards twice a month and I really use my credit card as if it was a debit card. Like mm. I don't spend more money than I have. And I do the tracking. I do all the things. Yep. Even at a point in my life that my wife and I, we don't have to do these things. But it's those people that once you stop, once the pressure goes off, that's often where you'll be able to see like how fast it goes. Because yeah. money goes away very, very quickly. Yeah. It, it, it takes centuries to build Rome, but it only took a day to destroy it. Damn. You know, And it's the exact same thing for your finances in your life. You can work your entire life to build up but it only takes one mistake, one one error, one event that you couldn't see, one black one black swan event for it all to go away. So it's just so important that we always set ourselves up for as best as we can because it's not about winning the game; it's about staying in the game long enough to win. Yep, I like that. You know, I like that a lot. Yeah. We talked about Charlie Munger last week, and mm-hmm. that was one of his big things. Is like we we're just we're here. We're not we're not we're not going for the big big swing every single time. Yeah, like can I just get bunts? Like every yeah. time to get me to first and like yeah. these little wins add up and those little wins get you to the victory. Yeah. Yep. Same. Simple as that. Simple as that. You know, it's just like, a, I think about like, like jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like if I was going for jujitsu and in jujitsu, first you want to go for the takedown. Maybe you're going to take past the guard, take side control, then go to mount, then go to submission. If you're going just for like, I'm going to stand up and go straight for a flying armbar and go straight <laughs> for the submission. Yeah. Could you get it? Maybe. But what's most likely going to happen is you're going to miss and then you're going to fall and then they're going to end up on, they're going to get a takedown for taking you down. Yeah. So rather than like just going for the big win, 
taking those small strategic steps is what's going to get you to the inevitable win because you're going to build up and build up and build up until we actually are there where yeah. we need to we're finally get the submission get our victory whatever it is get the points we need to, to win the what win the match mm -hmm. yeah do you ever do any uh jujitsu tournaments mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't really like them but yeah mm. i've done a few i won uh i did last year i did the winner masters classic and i won gold there nice mm -hmm. that's awesome dude i'm sitting next to a scary man i love it i love it yeah i can't wait to can't wait to start doing some jujitsu. Well, I'm coaching, man, so you should come down. I know, I know, I know. Uh, where are we sitting now? We're sitting at uh, taking finance with others. Yep, <clears throat> talking finances with others. Talking finances with others. So, that's that's key. No, it really is, and so that that's going to be number nine, right? Is mm -hmm. how can we? You know, you can go fast. You can go fast alone, mm -hmm. but you can go farther together. Yeah. But this journey of financial independence is not a fast journey. It's a far journey. So let's try to bring as many people as we can on this journey with us to support us, to help us with our achievements, to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. You know, and we can if we bring our friends, our family to this financial journey, we don't know who we're going to be turned into allies and what allies can help us overcome certain obstacles. Definitely. No, I think 100%. I mean, some of some of my greatest moves in life have been because I had the right people around me mm -hmm. and they were there to bounce ideas off of and they were a great sounding board and all these different things. And it's just better to better to go with people who are on the same journey as you. Yeah. And maybe, world. maybe I think about this a lot when I was like growing up and I kind of talked about this on my, on my um, other channel this morning, but there's sometimes when especially if you like come from underprivileged places where mm -hmm. you trying to self-improve and like get better mm -hmm. is actually met with people trying to hold you back. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of other people, they see you trying to self-improve yeah. and that's a threat to them. Cause I mean, you're going to get out. You're going to, you're going to be better than them in some way, shape or form. So they try to stop you. So if you don't have anyone in your life that you can like look to and ask for help and look for guidance on, that's okay. Like we live in an era where you can basically, if you're watching this, you have two friends here yeah. that are here to help mentor you, to talk to you. Obviously we're only, it's one direction. Like we're giving you this, but you can always write us back and it can be two directional. Like we, we are here. We definitely, we've talked multiple times about creating a community yep. of people that celebrate the wins of one another. Um, Cause if you don't have that in your life. It's very difficult to see that it can be you. You know, you've talked a few times that you grew up from like an entrepreneurial family. Like you're, mm -hmm. th that was something that was ingrained in you. So maybe you didn't have any legs up in that, like they were going to teach you all the tips, but you at least knew it was possible. Mm -hmm. For me, I had to overcome a lot of head trash because that was never a thing. Like entrepreneurship is like you work for 50 or 60 years for a boss and maybe if you're lucky, you get to retire. Mm -hmm. So I had to come over, overcome a lot of stuff to be like, oh no, I can do this. And it wasn't by watching my family, it was by watching others do it and be like, if they can do it, then I can do it. Yep. You know, and learning from these people at the, at the feet of the master, um, rather than having to come up with every single situation and being so smart that you figure out life, learn from people that have figured out portions of life, take where they failed, take where they learned, apply it to your own life, and then move forward with that. Bingo. That's gold. Yep. That's solid. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I do. But we're coming, not to the end, but... Because we got a few bonuses, but I said we, we got a few number bonuses 10. still. Number 10 is financial literacy. And you're actually... You're, you're, <laughs> you're way, in the right place. You're in the right place for that. Yeah. So, I mean, knowledge, knowledge is power, right? And you have to dedicate yourself to lifelong learning. So we always emphasize the importance of financial literacy for... Um, 
good ways to practice your money, ways to understand money, ways to manage your debt, way to but ways to budget, ways to talk to your partner about money. You know, we here at the Five Guys, that's what we're here to help you guys do. And through teaching you, we're also helping ourselves. And so it's just so important that we we dedicate ourselves to this lifelong learning. So pick up a book, man. Like start reading, start listening to podcasts, go on ChatGPT, ask it, whatever you yeah. want. Um, you know, be careful with it because sometimes it, it it has like uh, what do they call them? It's not, like delusions. Uh, is that what they call it? Uh, it's it's yeah. Are they call it delusions. I maybe think? maybe uh, delusions are probably a decent word to use. I found that it's it's been pretty helpful. No, it's very helpful. It's uh, I haven't really found too much inaccuracies in its work. But I know people love to hate on it. Yeah, I haven't found many inaccuracies. But then again, I'm not really looking. I'm not looking. Yeah, it's never. Uh, I've never like gone to ChatGPT to like this is the end all be all. But this is a good place to start. It's definitely a good place to start, and it's a good place to frame the image you're looking at. Uh, I know for me, like I've used it. <coughs> I've used it for like recipes. I've used it for asking dumb questions. I've used it for writing letters. Um, it's funny. We talk about ChatGPT not having great information. Like I was saying earlier in the podcast, I went to go mail something the other day and you know, I was making cookies because I was gonna ship some cookies. And I was like, Alexa, what, uh, what time is the post office closed? And they're like, seven o'clock. I'm like, I can, I can do that. Mm. Get, bake my cookies up, write my letter, get it all packaged up, get in the car, cutting down the, cutting down the highway. Now, I, I was not driving fast, but I get there like two minutes to spare. They close at 6.30. I'm like, I was so bummed. I was like, God dang it, dude. But I went to like the, the other UPS at the... The one on the street of here? Yeah, 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 the other one. Um, it's like an office depot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to that one. They were open. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, be careful where, where you get your information. Yeah, I think that's important. But just remember, like, knowledge is power. And it knowledge really, really is. is. You have to commit every single day. I mean, I can tell you the, the greatest life hack of life hacks I have is just learning every single day. Like I wake up early, I do my cold plunge, I work out. And then from there, the rest of my day is me trying to consume as much information as I possibly can. In addition to working and doing all the stuff that I normally do as an advisor. But even when I'm advising, like I'm learning from my clients too. Like I'm always just learning how to be better. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I was like, you know, you should write all your stuff down in like notion, like what we're working in. Mm -hmm. And then, like, at the end of the year or at the end of the week or the month, just, like, put it in the chat GPT and be like, can you summarize this? Into Everything like, that I learned? Yeah. Into, like, know. a chapter of a book. And at the end of the year, it's, like, Chris's Chris's notes. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I just, I get so concerned about how much knowledge I lose every day. I know. Just because I don't have time to, like, write everything down. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think even, even if I'm losing specific knowledge, like, it's still the systems and the habits and, like, the mindset that is getting improved. Because that mindset, it takes a very long time to brainwash yourself. Mm -hmm. But you can do it. Yeah. But it just takes time. But you can brainwash yourself. Yeah. So before we wrap up, we have some bonus tips that's going to make this 2024 the best year ever for you financially. So bonus tip. We have three bonus tips. Three bonus tips. Number one. Talk to me. Look after your mental health. January is widely regarded as one of the most depressing months of the year. So it's really important that we look after ourselves and we plan for our mental health, especially as it incorporates with our finances. Because unfortunately, one thing that I found is people that when they're sad, when they're depressed, they start to spend more money. You know? And then when they spend more money, they're putting themselves into a bad financial place, which makes them sad again. Mm -hmm. And then they spend more money to get themselves sad. And it just makes this positive feedback loop of negativity. Yeah. This is horrible. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you got to look after yourself. Definitely got to look after yourself. Number 12, 
participate in our weekly financial action steps. Yep. So participate every week. Um, we're here with the five guys. We're all about actionable steps. So please like listen in every week and then say, what is one thing that I can apply from Dom and Chris this week that they talked about to my life to make myself 1% better today? I think that's just the most important thing you can do is you have to start. You have to take action. Yes. You can sit here and listen yes. all the time in the world, but all the listening, all the just saying like him and hawing if I'm going to do it is never going to do anything. You have to at one point get started doing it. And you don't have to have the perfect plan to start, but you need to start to find the perfect plan. Bingo, bingo. I think it's also showing up. Mm -hmm. You got to show up every week, even when you believe the reps don't matter, the reps matter. Oh yeah. You know, there's stuff that Chris and I do, at least for me, I'll do and I'm like, I don't, this isn't gonna move the needle, but it's the rep that matters, that moves the needle. It's the consistency that matters, that moves the needle. It's the idea that I might not have a shot on goal, but I'm still in the game. Yeah, I think we're talking about that. If you're heard of like leading and lagging indicators, mm -mm. so in finance, there's leading and lagging indicators for like when you're trying to assess a company, but it, it really applies really well to life. So, mm -hmm. so like working out, or is a lagging indicator. You work out today, you're not going to have a six pack tomorrow. Yeah. But in ten years, if you work out every day, you will be fit as hell. Yeah. So you have that lagging indicator. So rather than focusing on the leading indicator. You focus on that lagging indicator. It's the same thing with like eating bad food. Like mm -hmm. you can eat a double cheeseburger and a, and wash it down with a shake. Oh, that and sounds good. Your leading indicator is that that felt good. Like that that was really good. But your lagging indicator <laughs> on the long term is that you are going to be unhealthy. Yeah. So focus on the lagging indicator. Don't focus on the leading one because unfortunately the leading indicator is usually what's going to lead you astray, especially when it comes to your finances and your fitness and your yes. health and all these things yep. because we're all evolutionary built to try to maximize joy and net fulfillment right now. Yeah. But unfortunately, joy and net fulfillment right now does not help you to bring joy and net fulfillment on the long term. No, no, it's true. That's very true, that's very true. Number 13. Number 13, start a side hustle. We have talked about this so many times, entrepreneurship. I really think that 2024 is gonna be a difficult year for employees. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world that might make it difficult. and. Being dependent on somebody else for your paycheck, mm -hmm. you know, living day in, day out, um, it just it, it adds another burden, another thing of fear, another part of mental health anguish. So many people are working in jobs that they hate just to support a lifestyle that maybe they didn't really choose. So by being able to put some time and effort aside for yourself to try to bring in some money, it can be something you can work on hard at the beginning that can bring passive income. It could be something like um, walking dogs or baking or crafting or coaching or refereeing or tutoring or whatever, something that has to give you your time. But there's so many ways to help to bring in extra money that can help to pay towards minimum payments on your credit cards or just to bring in a little bit more money and you never know where these side hustles can go. Yeah, you know? it's true. Dom and I have talked about like Monzon Wealth was a side hustle gone right. Yeah. I know you've had a few companies that you've, yeah. you've failed at a few companies, you've succeeded at a few companies, yeah. Um, but yeah, you never really know where they're gonna lead. No. No, I, I love the idea of the side hustle for many reasons. Uh, I think one of the things that you actually just mentioned that I don't think you picked up on was uh, more being more independent mm -hmm. and not being so dependent on your paycheck. I think for me in my world, my goal is to be as independent as possible uh, from everything, mm -hmm. basically. That's part of why I love starting side hustles. That's why I like um, working on my business and stuff like that. And it's part of why I like want to grow a garden and like do like hydroponics. And, no, that's cool. 
you know, multi-level gardening and what like that. Um, also, I love cooking, so it's like, <clears throat> just, you know. But, um, yeah, I think independence in starting a side hustle is definitely one of the main reasons why I started. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's great. I mean, I wake up every day not knowing that I don't have a boss. Like, my boss are my, are my clients yeah. and myself. And, yeah. like, I have to impose. And I think when people work, they have imposed discipline on them. Because you are subservient to your boss and they're imposing onto you like what you must do to be successful. Yeah. It's so different. Like I probably work harder than I ever did when I was working a nine to five for somebody else, but it's all self-imposed discipline. I tell myself, I'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m., I'm gonna do cold plunge, I'm gonna go jujitsu, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna do all mm-hmm. these things because I want to do them. Mm-hmm. Not because there's anyone there telling me like, if you don't do it, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Obviously, if I don't do it, I'm gonna fail, yeah. uh, especially with my business, but I get to do these things because I have a joy for doing it, and it's something that I would do even if I wasn't making money. And the fact that I get to make money doing it is just like an added cherry on top that really gets you to like love life. Like every day is like so freaking cool yeah. that you get paid to do what you love. And I found what I love by pursuing my passions, and just like that, you can do the same thing. Your side hustle could be something that you already like to do, and just give it a try. Try monetizing it. You know, online like YouTube here, Instagram. Facebook, whatever you want to use, TikTok, they all work and they're great. You can even create a website for, shoot, nothing. Yeah. How much does a GoDaddy like website cost? They're cheap. Two bucks. They're cheap. Yeah. I personally like to use Shopify, and you can usually get like a three month Shopify account for like a dollar. Oh really? Okay. Dollar a month. It's pretty good. Pretty good. There's so many different ways. So many different ways. <clears throat> so I yeah. say we close out this one, and so, we're not closing out 2024. We're actually just getting started. So remember that. Financial empowerment in 2024 begins with intentional action today. So thank you for joining us here on the Five Guys podcast. Here's to a years of here is to a year of growth, success, and financial well-being. And please don't forget about the fee for the show. Mm-hmm. If you made it this far, make sure to tell a friend and bring someone along for the financial journey. Yeah, that is step nine. Bring somebody along with you. Talk more about finances. Like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And we will see you on Friday for some Five Friday feedback. Until then, make it a great 2024. We'll see you around. Later. Peace. This video podcast is sponsored by Monzon Wealth. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. We do not endorse specific products or services. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests, not the podcast sponsor. It is crucial to consult with a qualified financial advisor or professional who can provide advice tailored to your specific needs before making any financial decisions, investments, or taking any other actions. If you are seeking specified help, you can reach out to Chris at monsonwealth.com.